The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio, produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Hearing your stories, this sounds evil to me. Didn't even make me angry. Like, it hurt my feelings. Outrage. And she's like, well, why don't you have your credentials with you? You don't have your diploma with you? Get out of here. Tragedy. Ultrasound showed that I had been in labor for almost two days. Shocking stories that will shake you to your core. When I had Jada, I was not treated well. I was denied the pain that I was having. Oh, yes. He made me step off the flight and he asked me, did I know how to behave? Wow. The invisible black woman, the epidemic we need to talk about. Well, today is going to be a great show. Yeah. I'm excited. Mm. And we're going to talk about the invisibility of black women. Now that's a topic. Wow. Yes. It's just so deep rooted. Yeah. It's great to see you and have it's you back at the table. You. Thank y'all for inviting me back. I didn't know you get to come back again. So. Well, it just, oh, yeah. it depends. It depends on who you it's are. Special. Well, it just there depends. You go. Our friend Tamika Mallory is one of the most powerful social justice leaders of today. Her new book spells out the urgent state of black people in America. One of the things that I love is that you show up for the invisible black woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try. You I really try. do. You know, try. you were out there for Brianna. 
If it was up to the world, Breonna Taylor would have been forgotten. Yes. She was murdered on March 13th. I think because there was no video, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. Not so sure. And they, yeah, they're not it so sure. It didn't really happen that way. Yeah. There was a young woman. She had six bullets in her body. She was sleeping in the bed. They woke her up for nothing. That's right. what happened. Right. 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 Black women are ignored and disrespected yes. in general. People don't want to talk about Micaiah Bryant right now. Yeah. You know, they want right. to say that, well, you know, she had a knife and it's justified. And a lot of it is trauma. I spent some time talking with her family and she had told them. She was also in communication with her biological mom, although she's in foster care. She had told them that she was experiencing something. Right. She was going through something and right. that adults, not children, right. had right. been attacking her and bothering and that's what her. I saw. Right? Yes. Now, officer arrives, he doesn't know any of this. Exactly. Right? But here's the bottom line for me. Would he have shown up where there was white women and shot center mass yeah. at a young woman? It's unfortunate that this young girl's story ends this way. And in fact, I attended her funeral. And the reason why I went is because I know that if she was 16 years old and perfect, the perfect victim, everyone would be all over it. Yeah. Everyone would be all over it. People would have been there to support. She deserves the same care and attention and for someone to, to advocate for her and her situation, even though she might have, she may have had a knife, you know? Right. right. It's bad. Yeah. She's a child. And we saw her laying on the ground. The fact that you went to the funeral for that young sister, because I just feel like there's always an excuse of why not to show up for us. For black women. For black Absolutely. women. There's always Absolutely. a freaking excuse. Absolutely. But yet, we are always we expected to show, to show up, up for, for everybody. everybody. So Tamika, when were the times that you felt invisible? I think I feel invisible all the time. That invisible feeling is one that I have probably felt my whole life, mm -hmm. from school days all the way until now. Yeah. And people don't understand what feeling inv invisible yeah. means. Because right. it's like, I'm loud, I talk a lot, talk all the time. And they're right. like, you can't be invisible because we can't miss you, you're always there. But my feelings are not always valued. Yes. My opinion of things, I'm constantly having to raise my temperature in yeah. order for people to know that I know what I'm talking about. Right. You exactly. know what I mean? Right. It's been difficult for so long to feel like um, I've been ignored. And when I was with the Women's March, I experienced that. Right. You know, yeah. I really did. I think there were days when I started being like, why am I here dealing with y'all? And I got my own problems. And like, I'm getting beat up left and right. It was just too much to think about. So I started taking Xanax, taking whatever you could do to sleep, because yeah. that sleep is an issue when you're stressed and not able to rest. Any pill that somebody would give me right. that had the ability to make you calm down and to deal with anxiety, I wanted them. I got addicted, and now you want me to go get mm. unaddicted. Like, I don't right. even understand the concept of how this happened to me, yeah. of all people. But I was. And so then I had to go to rehab. And while I was in rehab, they were like, you need PTSD support because you're having a problem that's deeper than this drug. You're going through some soul yes. issues. So I had to do all of that. And it was like tearing down and building, building me back all up. back up. But look at me. I'm yeah. still cute. Yeah. yeah, you are. It's interesting when you talk about needing to turn up the temperature. temperature. Because I don't know how many times 
Yeah. I felt like I've had to turn up the temperature. Yeah. And then you, crazy. you get ostracized for that. And then you get crazy. labeled as the angry, angry black, black woman. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that stereotype okay. makes me that. just, it breaks my heart, that stereotype, because right. that has been stuffed down and repressed and all that and feeling invisible. And then it's like, oh, you're just the angry black woman. But it's so much deeper. I was having a conversation with my boy, Dwayne Martin, mm-hmm. today, because he called me. He was like, what y'all talking about at the red table? We're going to talk a bit about the invisibility of black women. He yeah. said, can I just tell you something? He said, I realized that society has used the best parts of black yes. women. He yes. said, from historically, yes. you know, you guys using your breasts to feed other children Absolutely. and raising Ooh, other children. Absolutely. And he yes. said, from these surgeons who yes. steal your body yes. parts yeah. and put them on other people, from the ass to the lips to yeah. the hips to the yeah. thighs. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, and you know what? They steal the best parts of yeah. you guys and throw the rest away. That's right. That's exactly right. And he said, it's like, you know, in slavery, when they would take the best parts of the yeah. pig or the chicken and they could give us the... The scraps. The scraps. But when he broke it down like that, that's I was awesome. like, dang. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's deep. So that goes along with that foundation of invisibility. 100%. One of the most shocking consequences of black women being invisible is when it comes to health care. Check this. Tressie McMillan Cottom says she was pregnant and in crisis, and all the doctors saw was an incompetent black woman. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, 
We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I got pregnant, I wanted the very best for my baby. That's why I chose the hospital uptown where the white women went to have their babies with white doctors, thinking I would get better care and I got anything but. I was about four months pregnant when I started bleeding. My husband rushed me to the doctor's office where I sat in the waiting room for about 30 minutes. The doctors, the nurses really ignored the crying, bleeding pregnant woman in the waiting room. I was in extreme pain. I've never felt more invisible. After I bled onto the chair in the waiting room, the doctor finally saw me. But he dismissed my concerns, told me that spotting was normal, especially for someone as fat as I was, in his words, and he sent me home. As the pain got worse throughout the night, I went back to the hospital. The doctor was again dismissive and told me that I'd probably just eaten something bad. After constantly pleading and begging with the doctor, he did finally agree to give me an ultrasound. And what we saw in the ultrasound was shocking. The image showed what looked like three babies, except I was only pregnant with one. The other two were fairly large tumors. I was checked into the maternity ward where I asked repeatedly for an epidural. I was pushing before I knew what was happening and my daughter was here. She died shortly after her first breath. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. So sorry. Thank you. Wow. Ultrasound showed that I had been in labor for almost two days and my baby was born too early to survive. Mm -hmm. And I left the hospital without my daughter. (sighs) What happened is both traumatic but not singular. It happened Mm -hmm. to a lot of black women, Mm. um, which is something that 
was totally preventable. If we'd had an ultrasound when you're supposed to do an ultrasound, they would have known mine was a high-risk pregnancy. Okay. I'm an OBGYN nurse, so oh, right. I know the difference between bleeding and spotting. Yeah. Exactly. She was not spotting, she was bleeding. Yes. Right. When they had to remove the chair mm -hmm. after I left the waiting room, wow. right? And that still did not signal to them that was an emergency, by the way. Still did not go to the emergency room at that point. At every step of the process, no one really took seriously that I knew what was happening to me, mm. one, or cared enough to at least do an assessment, let's do an exam, let's do a test. They didn't even care enough to do that. Right. Mm. Childbirth is when you're most vulnerable. Exactly. You really are relying on people to see your pain. Mm. Right. Right? And people's ability to see your pain relies on their ability to see you as human. Wow. Yes. The experience for me was a loss that shouldn't have been a loss, but worse than that, a loss that no one treats like a loss. Mm. Yeah. It is just traumatic. There's no aftercare exactly. when you yeah. lose a child. Yes. The nurse doesn't come to check on you six weeks out. There's right. no postpartum. Right. Right? At the time I was working, you know, full-time as most women are, especially women of color and black women, it's no longer maternity leave mm. when your baby dies. Mm. What? Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no longer maternity leave. So it's not just the trauma of the event, it's the way the world treats you. Yeah. I never even heard from the doctor's office again, Ooh. except for the nurse to call and tell me, just so you know, there was nothing we could have done. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, just so wow. you know. Wow. That's one of the reasons why I never had a, another child, because I was 18 pregnant, and the experience was so horrible mm. that I was like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Imagine a young black girl, yeah. you know, and they treated yeah. me really bad. Just yeah. like, sit over there, we'll get to you in a minute. My water leaked for a month. It was just so much trauma that after that, I was like, never again. It's interesting that you say that, because now that I'm thinking about my own experience when I had Jada, it was pretty similar. I was not treated well, I was not cared for. And I was in a hospital where my father mm. was head of anesthesia wow. at the time. And so they knew exactly who I was. I was denied the, um, the pain that yes. I was having oh, yes. at oh, yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Just be quiet oh, and be still. So, there was so much invested in mm. telling mm -hmm. me that, that I wasn't feeling what I was feeling. You know how yes. they do the pain scale yes. on a level of one to 10, where are you? Yeah. I was in the middle of a contraction and I'm vibrating. It hurts so bad, yes. right? I'm vibrating. I knew if I'd say 10, they'd tell me I was exaggerating. If I say anything less than five, they leave the room. Right. Mm. And I remember negotiating with myself to settle Ooh. on seven. Mm. Because if they left the room, the uh, anesthesiologist wasn't going to come. Mm -hmm. And she told me, if you complain too much, he doesn't like complainers. Oh, my God. Yeah. He won't come. Yeah. And I was terrified that he wouldn't come. Yeah, because I wanted the epidural badly by that point. Yeah, I was terrified. I hate to bring it this far, but you're looking at a woman in pain, the most vulnerable place she's ever been in in her entire life, and you're just going to... Like, that seems evil to me. Right. Like, that mm -hmm. seems like an evil thing to do. I did have to start to think about how did I end up in a room where there was no one to speak for me? What couldn't I have done differently? Yeah. What is too much to ask for from right. somebody else to right. advocate for you? Yeah. Right. Right? Wow. right? I have a family, yeah. uh, health insurance, all of those things that are supposed to matter. Advocacy takes somebody willing to hear you. Yeah. yeah. You can say a lot of things. If people won't hear it, mm. 
it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I'm asked to testify before Congress and et cetera. No, you don't bring me in unless you're serious. Because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. perform trauma for people right. who are not invested in fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. That is so real. That's yeah, real. I was very resistant to the idea of performing trauma mm. for the same public mm. that wouldn't have cared about what happened to me in the hospital. Right. Yeah. So it's not that people don't know, it's that they don't care. Yeah. What is your advice for black women mm-hmm. who find themselves feeling invisible, especially when it comes to medical issues? Has anybody ever told you that if the doctor starts talking crazy that you should get up and leave? Mm-hmm. You should leave. I want black women to treat doctors like we treat a service provider. That's right. Mm-hmm. right. Black women don't play if the food is yeah, cold. Right. 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 We don't play if the service man, the cable man is late. Yeah. But the medical profession yeah. is shaped for you to follow directions, That's right. mm-hmm. to not question authority. But it is the one place where questioning authority can save your life. Yeah. You have to do your research, and if the plan that they are creating for mm-hmm. you doesn't work, then go to somebody whose plan yes. does work for you. Yes. Yeah. I tell them, don't even let them finish. Right. Like, get up. Right. You can get dressed in the hallway. Get your clothes and you walk out. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah. we had the same crisis facing middle-class suburban white yeah. women, oh. if they were dying at the rate that we die trying to give birth... Yeah. Yeah, the inequity is undeniable. Yeah. There would be a public health crisis. There'd be yeah, a public exactly. health campaign. Yes. Boards would be convened, yeah. tribunals, mm-hmm. right? They don't think it's a loss. Mm. That's the crux of the problem. That's it. Yeah. That's at the core right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tressie, thank you. This was important. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. In a Facebook post seen by millions, Dr. Cross revealed an incident on an airplane that left her feeling more invisible than ever. Thank you for joining us today. So, explain to us what happened. I was on an airplane and I heard somebody shrieking. Two rows ahead of me, it was a husband and wife, uh-huh. and the husband was unresponsive. Mm-hmm. So the wife was screaming. Right. Mm-hmm. The flight attendant immediately rushed over there. She said that she needed uh, medical personnel or physician immediately. I just flagged her down. She said, oh, no, 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 sweetie. We don't have time you know, to talk right now. We're looking for an actual physician. Mm. I'm trying to explain to her that I'm the physician that you're looking for. (laughs) She just continued with her condescending Mm. remarks. Mm. At that time, it's going on on the overhead where they're saying, we need a medical personnel. And I stare at her and press my button. And so that's when she's like, oh, you're an actual physician. (laughs) That's when she started asking more questions. It wasn't like, okay, you're a doctor. Great. Come over here. Mind you, he's still unresponsive. The person is still unresponsive. Still unresponsive. Oh She's like, well, if you're a doctor, you know, well, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, why are you here? And where, why are you in Detroit? And she's like, well, why don't you have your credentials with you? You don't have your diploma with you? No, oh, I don't. Who wow. wants to read with your diploma? Get <laughs> out of here. You don't have a business card? No, I don't have a business card on me. This continues back and forth. And then there's a middle-aged Caucasian male coming from the front of the plane. <laughs> oh, of course. And she said, well, he's a physician. He has his credentials. But, of course, my blood's boiling on the inside. Right. Of course it is. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Did you complain to the airline? I did. Yeah. 
she basically offered me sky miles in exchange for the miscommunication. Mm. And I said, mm -mm, I'm good. So I got off the plane. Right. And then I went and reported it to the gate agent. Mm. And the gate agent was like, I'm so sorry for it. And handed me a free drink ticket for my mm. next flight. And I was like, y'all don't get it. Right. So I put it on social media. I got on my next flight, got off, and it was viral. Yeah. Yeah. That quickly. You had an issue, too. The same thing happened yeah. to me on the airline. And same thing. I had to put some information on social media because I tried and no one cared. A pilot threw me off of a plane for no reason. In my situation, the gay agent was the problem. And it was a black woman. I was wow. communicating with her and she was so nasty. The white man who was the pilot happened to be off the plane standing there next to her. And I watched them as I walked through the door to go get on the plane, have a little conversation, you know, whatever she said to him. And he just decided to come and throw me off the plane. He wow. made me step off the flight and he asked me, did I know how to behave? And he asked me to repeat those words, that I would behave. And I did, and it, it threw me off anyway. I said, yes, sir. Right. I will behave. Ooh. And that was like, oh, he was like, oh, no. So, Tamika, are you saying that they threw you off the plane because you and the gate Because the gate, gate agent, agent and I had, had a, little a little thing. Like yeah. Tiff. Uh -huh. no. And yeah. what were y'all tiffing about? Because my seat, I'm, I have claustrophobia. Right. And I was upgraded to first class. And then all of a sudden, my seat got bumped. And I was complaining about it. We were just having a quiet conversation. But he happened to be standing there. And he decided to use his authority against me. The funny thing, though, is that the flight attendant, who's on there looking like, what is going on? Because she doesn't know anything. She um, recognizes who I am. She's right. looking at me and she's like, oh, my God. She was a white woman. Right. She said, you need to fight this. She wow. said, what, what he's doing to you is wrong. And she began to cry. Ooh. When he came back with six police officers. Six? I verified. I said, so you're throwing me off this plane. I didn't do anything you throw me. He said, yes. I said, OK. I commenced to every MF, effing, yeah. so-and-so. I tore the whole plane up at that point right. with my nice little four-letter words. Right. And, and at some point in it, I said... And you will not forget me. I said, you don't know who I am. And I told him, I said, I will go to hell fighting you. Yeah, right. And he looked at me and then she said something and he realized that I have messed up. And do you know that that man had the audacity to say to me, um, would you like to talk? Like, why don't you just <laughs> calm down and we can just have a conversation? And I said, a conversation, exactly. you know, but the follow up of that was one, no one called me back. They, were, they didn't take it seriously until... Puff, Puff Daddy, yeah. Diddy, mm -hmm. we call him Puff, right? Until he retweeted yeah. what was happening. happening. Wow. Yeah. And then it became a viral. thing. Yeah, yeah, it went viral. One thing they did do, they started instituting a bunch of changes. Like right. they looked at their policies and procedures and they began to really work inside the company because that's what I wanted. Right. It wasn't about money. It wasn't yeah. about any of that. I was like, this has to change. This can't happen to Internal. another woman. And I was right. on the way to a wedding that was really important to me and I missed it. Did any changes happen in regards to your incident? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I went all the way up to the CEO of the airline and went down to Atlanta, met with them. And then two months later, they actually changed their policies. Wow. Because they did have a policy saying that they're supposed to verify. I'm sure there is some kind of policy. What I do want to say is all that question about where are you going? Why yeah. were you in Detroit? Oh, that's that's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. not part of the policy. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> not part of the policy. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. in the meantime, you're jeopardizing somebody's life. life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story with thank us. Thank you for having me. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you 
sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Dr. Romney, a good friend of the table, has an important message, and it's something you might be doing that is very harmful and not even know it. It's mm. called racial gaslighting. Mm. Mm. Dr. Romani. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm it's good. so good to see you. I feel so privileged to be part of this conversation. We are listening. always so happy to have you. Yes. You talk about racial gaslighting. Yes. Give us mm-hmm. some examples of what that looks like. When we're talking about racial gaslighting, you're denying the experiences a person has as a person of color, especially right. as a woman of color. It's very, very easy to gaslight any woman of color. So. When we look at it that way, then it's things like, you're making this about race and it's not. There's no more racism. We've had a black president. They've changed the laws. Denying your experience of pain. You're not in that much pain. You didn't earn that degree. Why are you at this elite university? Was it affirmative action, right? Right. The immediate assumption is you did not earn that. Somebody cut you a break because you're black. black. And that already weakens that person in that position and makes them less likely to have their voice. That's a denial of your experience. And then when a person of color fights back, calm down. That's gaslighting because it's the whole idea is you're being too sensitive. You're perceiving things that aren't happening. And it's not one person doing this, it's the entire system is doing this. What someone's done is they've taken away your reality. Yeah. And when you gaslight someone, you've rendered them invisible. I can't tell you how many invisible. times someone has told me, it's really just not that serious. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, right. of course. <laughs> my head just wants to explode. Think of this one. One of the ultimate examples is when people say, I don't see race. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't That's see a, color. I don't yeah. see color. Yeah. That's the gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. You know, because yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you should. Here. Right? Yeah. I'd be able to see you're wearing a green shirt. Yeah. You can see that. And I understand what the intention, <laughs> the intention behind is. That yeah. is. But the fact is, is it invalidates a person's experience. When you steal someone's reality, you steal their power. Yeah. Right? Because they're they're doubting themselves. They're walking around saying, am I being too sensitive? Maybe I'm the one who's wrong, right? So now you've lost even more power, and the person who's gaslighting you gets even more power back, right? So it's that idea of calm down, calm down, you're overreacting, is it becomes, especially for black women, this idea of, being unhinged. I have to say, I understand that people have their opinions Mm -hmm. and I always Mm -hmm. respect the opinions, but when I did hear certain politicians speaking about how America's not racist, I get that not all Americans Mm -hmm. are. There are a lot of Americans that are not. But it felt like it was denying the reality that we are, that we are living and watching. Right now. Right Right now. Exactly. Every day. (laughs) And it was hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't even make me angry. It, like, mm-hmm. it hurt my feelings. Yes, mm-hmm. you know? and, and those hurt feelings are real. But when you take that into the system and say, my feelings are hurt, they'll say, Jada, you're being then too you're sensitive. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're too mm-hmm. sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there she goes. Right. here she go yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. And then on the other side of it is this phenomenon called healthy cultural paranoia. And it's the idea that particularly black women who hold the least societal power of any women, right? Right. When you think of the history of black women in our country, they've always been at risk. So there may be a tentativeness. You know, you go into a new situation, you're being very, very careful, right? And then what will people say about a black woman then? 
she's aloof, yeah. she's uppity, yeah. exactly. you know, yeah. right? She's not living to those oh. roles. You're not being the big hug, you know, mm -hmm. the mammy that I yeah. can hug. Yeah. You're not playing to the role when mm -hmm. you well, do the play. Well, you're not playing the sassy, like, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we get this in Hollywood all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. These, yeah. these boxes right. that we put in, yeah. Right. Many, many times, women of color, especially black women, will go into a situation, a professional situation, even a social situation, and they'll feel unsettled. Like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel heard here. Mm -hmm. I don't feel respected here. And the other people in the room will say, nothing's going on here. Yeah. You're sensing something that's not happening. You're being ridiculous. Stop making such a big deal. Yeah. Gaslight, gaslight, gaslight. And the whole system's in on it. Mm. So when that woman tries to go to HR yeah. or goes to a person in authority, yes, they'll say, what documentation do you have? I think you might have been misperceiving the situation. Yep. You're talking about invisible black women. You want to make someone invisible deny their reality. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask a question? What about when it's not reality? Like, if someone is saying, well, you harmed me because you did these things, and you're mm -hmm. like, I didn't actually do those They're things. They're still gaslighting because you mm -hmm. didn't do those things. They deny you your reality by even saying you did something you didn't do. Mm -hmm. Dr. Romani, you're a woman of color as well, and mm -hmm. I just want to know, has there ever been points in your life where you have felt invisible? Oh, heck yeah. People just see, they see brown. And it's been my whole life from people telling me, this name of yours is too difficult, mm -hmm. we're going to change that name to right. something we can say. Uh. As a child, People would say, I can't say, Romani, let's just change your name to something that's easier, easier for us. You're talking about airplanes. Anytime I fly, I would say 75% of the time when I'm in that first class line to board, someone will come up to me and say, ma'am, this is the first class mm -hmm. line. Ooh, All the time, wow. I get that. Uh, you that's, see, that's right? That's in infamous. Right? Yeah. All the time. It's like death by a thousand cuts, isn't it? Mm -hmm. How many times do you have to experience those microaggressions yeah. before yeah. it affects your own identity? There were times I'd go back and look at the boarding pass, I'm like, Maybe I am in the wrong line. Right. You know, I'm like, no, right. no, 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 Wow, yeah. I laugh because I've experienced yeah, that sure too. Oh, yeah. And it's typically like a bunch of European mm -hmm. businessmen, yes. right. you know, that yeah. just kind of move right on past. You may be walking up yeah. to the line and they're walking yeah. past you yeah. like you. <laughs> you're right. This you can't lady, possibly be in this line. line. But they're calling first class right now. Excuse right. me. So the systems are designed to silence the voices and to leave people of color in self-doubt. Yes. So then everyone's walking around confused. And if everyone's confused, it's really easy for another group to hold the power. Yep. Yeah, true. Mm. That was really well said. Yeah. Thank you. Personally, I think it's all really terrible, slimy, yeah, it's plan. by design. I think it's, it's a, a plan. Very it is by design. design. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Yeah, Romney. Thank, you, thank you for having this conversation. You have no idea that even if you ungaslight one young black woman who's yeah. doubting herself today, you've done something so powerful. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. The brilliant Dr. Candace Norcott has some critical information we all need to hear about how black women become invisible. Hi, thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Dr. Norcott, can you tell us what you think is one of the factors behind the black women invisibility epidemic? One of the ways this happens is because they don't fit into a prototype. The prototype for black is man, black right. man. And the prototype for woman and femininity is white woman. Mm. There's something called the non prototypicality hypothesis. Mm. And what that means is that we're really poor at seeing things that lie outside of our norm, outside of the prototype. Think about this as an example, you being confused for the other black woman in the office, mm. right? 
or uh, uh, you get called the name of the other black girl that is the only other black girl in your class. You don't look anything alike, but you get confused. Yeah. So this blind <laughs> spot, right? Yeah. Right. That yeah. blind spot. Yeah. So intense. As really intense. And when you start to talk about systemic racism, this system was designed to make black women feel like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And so Patricia Hill Collins called these stereotypes that create these rigid roles for black women controlling images. They not only control what society sees about black women and kind of most distressingly can impact how black women see themselves. The mammy is one of the yeah. oldest mm. controlling images, right? Yeah. So yeah. black women are meant to be in domestic servitude, right? right? Mm -hmm. And controlling images justifies the economic oppression of black women, right? Wow. Because they are meant to serve. They're meant to support the white family and the nation's economy. They're not meant to lead it. They're meant to support it on their very black body, right? Mm -hmm. They're not sexualized. They're not humanized. They're objectified. The matriarch is an example of the strong black woman and this idea that there's this castrating, strong, man-like woman that's at the center of the family. To make the black man feel emasculated like we don't need him. Right. What's so interesting is that, you know, later research showed that there weren't actually that many people that fit the stereotypes of mammy or matriarch. These were created stereotypes. The media, like yeah. literally the media. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll notice, so the matriarch and the mammy, they don't get to have sexual lives, right? Mm. Their purpose is for the family. They're desexualized. And so when we bring sexuality into the picture for black women, it's this Jezebel seductress, mm. right? Justifying the sexual violence and yeah. abuse that was brought upon and put upon the black female body, mm. right? And so it was the black enslaved person that seduced the white slave owner. Mm. She had to breed and her purpose was to breed to support chattel slavery because that was a very economic force. All of these support the place in which black women were meant to be oppressed into. They say that the first thing that you have to do in order to be able to oppress any people or to enslave any group of people is to demean them. You also have some current images that you say affect black girls. Mm. Um, first, the angry black woman mm. meme. Yeah. Mm. So these... Lord. These images aren't new. They're evolved. When you just label somebody and pigeonhole them as angry, you don't get to inquire... Why? Exactly. Why? What other emotions are happening that's causing this emotional reaction? Exactly. And look how young they've started that. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That was me. In the Women's March, people would see when I was, like, going off, and they'd be like, what's wrong with you? Now, all this happened. Yeah. Right. For the last week, I've been dealing right, with Right, but you only get that little... Thing. Yeah, right. you see me, and then you're like, oh, she's just too much. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been through too much. Yeah. <laughs> All it is is trauma. Oh. All it is is just unhealed wounds. Mm. Yeah. But whatever it is, defense. there's a yeah, reason defense. for it. It's not for no reason. Exactly. Right. Defense. Then you have the strong black woman meme. Oh, that's the evolution of the matriarch. No. Whoa. <laughs> so that's crazy. we're castrating our men. We are unreasonable. We cannot be compromised with. Therefore, we get to dismiss any opinion from casual conversation to the boardroom because, mm -hmm. oh, she's just, you know, she's just, you know, it's, she's extreme, right? Mm -hmm. So again, it's the oppression. I've even felt that, like, amongst the younger people, 
I'm very opinionated about misogynistic rap music. Right. And i am always have been very vocal about how I just would rather not have that going into my mind mm. right. while we're together. And a lot of my peers, when I come around, it's like, well, she's here, so just don't worry about her. She's just going off on her yeah. usual rant her about thing. whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, It's interesting that Michelle Obama was on the last slide uh, because that's what they did to her. Yes, the whole exa- time that the she was first lady. Time. That's what they did yeah. to her. I mean, she was too buffed. She, you know, yeah, too it was fit. always she was something right. Like a man. Yep, it was always something wrong. Yep. And she's perfect. Exactly. Mm. That part. So now we have the baby mama meme. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's her. So this evolves out of the Jezebel, the breeder. Mm. Um, It's evolved into the welfare queen or baby mama. This evolves into justifying rules about welfare, Mm -hmm. justifying rules about types of contraception that's offered, um, forced on black women. Yeah. Mm. Dang. That is... Dr. Norcott, um, when did you feel the most invisible? My earliest memory of invisibility was in high school. So I had applied to seven Ivy League colleges and I got into them all. Mm. And my friend said she got in because she was black. Mind you, I was tri-varsity sport captain. I was president of the school. Mm. And yet with that comment, he erased all of that. Mm. Down to one part of me. Mm. Wow. That's deep. That's awful. That's painful. Thank you, Dr. Norcott. It's always a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Those images, man. That was deep. Yeah, that's heavy. And now you get to associate it with, like, what it means. Because that little girl, I would have shared that a thousand times. Like, y'all are on my nerves. Yeah, Yeah. right. It's really perpetuating a a negative stereotype. It makes me feel like I need to pay more attention we to these memes yeah. that you're yeah. sharing yeah. on social media. Really? We all do. We? So Tamika, tell us just a little bit about your book. So State of Emergency really is a revisit of history. There's so many people who are just coming to this work and to the movement now mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, where do I go? What do right. I do? I'm ready. I'm in. It has a prescription for how we work together to go forward. The book is my gift to a lot of folks who are trying to just figure it out. You are actually one of those who have contributed your thoughts about the book. Yeah. And we appreciate you. (laughs) Made my book hot. They said hot. (laughs) Now, you made the dedication to your son for a state of emergency. I don't really talk much about my son in public. You know, a lot of people don't even know I have a son. But I'm starting to because I realized that I've been fighting for everyone else's child. Mm. And he has been has lacked so much as Mm. a result of it. But he still has always been such a great supporter. His father was killed when he was two. Yeah. He started to get older and noticed that other people had their fathers and he didn't. He's like, you don't know what I'm going through. He started going into this deep depression. And by the time he was 17 and 18, it was really bad. And there was nothing I could do. My child needed his dad. And I realized there were things I just couldn't teach him. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't talk to him about him. We weren't seeing eye to eye. And that caused a lot of conflict and tension between the two of us. The guilt of that weighs on me all the time. So your son, <laughs> your son, he is here. This is my truth. Ooh, my yeah. child is my truth. <laughs> hey, how are you? 
you. I've heard so much about you. I'm so glad we finally get to meet. <laughs> what do you want us to know about your mom? She's amazing. Through just having her around as a role model every day, mm. it pushes me so much to keep striving to you know, be on the same level as she's on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am doing a, a, a song about you. Oh. Um, share. A lot of my life, you know, she's been gone, of course, and yeah. I've had to deal with that. In my song, um, I said me and mom used to fight a lot, but I know why she left. Um, she was fighting for my rights. Mm. So. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, Tariq, I also want to say thank you well, for thank your you. sacrifice. Mm. Yeah because a lot of people don't understand the sacrifices that family members make right. when important people in their lives make the kinds of decisions that your mom has made yeah. to be in service to the community in the way in which she has. Right. Thank you so much. To all of the women of color out there, I hope you feel seen today. Mm. And we've talked about so many things so many that things. we hope will bring change. But most of all, just as we love to do at the Red Table, deepening that love and compassion for one another, yes. deepening that understanding. That was good, the whole show. Wow, jeez. Mm. Tamika. Yes. I'm I back. <laughs> I'm back. Thank you Thank for you. coming you so to the table. When I pulled in today, I was tell, I told everybody in the car, I'm moving here for 30 days. I just want everybody to Anytime. I got a space for you. We got don't, a room. Don't right play here. because she will literally like, be like, oh, you I said have you your needed room. a place. Yeah. What's happening? I'm calling you up saying, you come. <laughs> what like, did you say? Yeah, Are you, you said taking care you was coming for 30 days. <laughs> Where you at? I know you need Girl, yeah. don't play with me. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con Season 5 The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts Or wherever you get your podcasts Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.